Welcome to this episode of Sound Bites, a podcast series produced by the National Psoriasis Foundation, the nation's leading organization for individuals living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. In each episode, someone who lives with psoriatic disease, a loved one, or an expert will share insights with you on living well. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at SoundBites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. My name is Corinne Pettit, and I'm here today with Dr. April Armstrong to talk about the impact our food choices make and the evidence behind various diets that may or may not impact inflammation associated with psoriatic disease. Dr. Armstrong is the director of the psoriasis program at the Department of Dermatology at the Keck School of Medicine at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles, where she's also the vice chair and director of the Clinical Trials and Outcomes Research Program. In August of 2018, Dr. Armstrong, who is a corresponding author, was part of a number of dermatologists representing the Foundation's medical board who released a systemic review of dietary interventions to identify dietary recommendations for adults with psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis. We're here today to discuss those recommendations and if any changes have occurred since the release of the recommendations. Welcome, Dr. Armstrong. It's an honor to have you on Soundbites today. So to start, why the interest in development of dietary recommendations for people with psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis? People with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis are very interested in knowing what they can do in terms of their dietary interventions that could potentially help with their psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis. I would say this is among the top questions that I get in my clinic when I see patients with psoriasis. And how was the systemic review conducted? What criteria did you use to include or exclude data from various dietary studies? We conducted the systematic review literature incorporating 55 studies that met our inclusion and exclusion criteria. And the studies were spanning a really a 64-year period of time. And specifically, our inclusion and exclusion criteria were that we wanted to capture observational or interventional studies where the participants have psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis, and that the studies used a dietary intervention or examines food intake or some type of dietary pattern. Very importantly, the study had to include outcomes that included psoriasis disease severity and or uh, patient-reported effects of diet on disease severity. So in total, for this systematic literature review, we had a a total of over 77,000 unique participants, among which 4,500 has psoriasis and about 73,000 served as control patients. And the majority of patients, I have to say, were adults. So the most of the study results that I will be discussing concerns adults with psoriasis. So based on the recommendations, is a gluten-free diet helpful for people with psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis? And to help frame this discussion, can you please explain what celiac disease is and why the connection to psoriasis? So perhaps I will start to answer this question by first explaining uh, what is gluten. Uh, Gluten is a general name for proteins that are found in wheat, rye, and barley. It's found in many foods such as bread, soups, pasta, cereal, sauce, and a number of other foods food and drinks. And celiac disease is an inflammatory response to the dietary gluten in the small intestine. So celiac disease is something that we can diagnose and that we can treat. And it is a known condition which the body has an inflammatory response to this dietary uh, gluten. 
And the definitive diagnosis of celiac disease is typically made by small intestine biopsy. However, serum antibodies to screen for patients with celiac disease can be helpful in patients who have signs and symptoms of celiac disease, which is oftentimes GI discomfort, diarrhea, and so forth. So what is the link between celiac disease and psoriasis? Well, celiac disease is seen twice as frequently in psoriasis patients. And what we also see is that celiac disease patients have higher antibody levels who also have psoriasis. And in those patients, their higher antibody levels is also associated with greater psoriasis severity. So it is important to know that in patients with celiac disease and psoriasis concurrently, that they do share a common link there. And what we know is that for patients with confirmed celiac disease, a gluten-free diet can not only help them improve their gastrointestinal symptoms, it can also help relieve the psoriasis severity. So this is known, but it's only in patients with confirmed celiac disease. And in patients who test negative, for example, for some of the serological markers for gluten sensitivity, a gluten-free diet is actually not helpful for those patients. Where the tricky area is, is patients who may test positive for markers of gluten sensitivity, but they may not have positive disease for celiac disease. So for example, if they're small intestinal biopsy results are negative. In those patients, it's unclear whether a gluten-free diet would lead to significant improvement in their psoriasis. So taking all this together, our recommendation based on the literature is that in adult patients with psoriasis and confirmed celiac disease, we strongly recommend a gluten-free diet. The second question asked in the recommendations addressed the issue of weight reduction and the impact on severity of the disease. How important is overall weight loss in the management of psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis? So there is a well-established link between obesity and psoriasis in that obesity actually predisposes people to developing psoriasis and also patients with psoriasis who are also obese, their psoriasis tend to actually have greater severity. Now, one of the reasons is because the fat cells in our bodies, when we're obese, these fat cells are not only bigger, but sometimes there can be more number of them. And they're not just these inert, kind of boring fat cells that are sitting there. They actually do something. They secrete something called adipokines or adip or cytokines from the adipocytes. So what that means is that these fat cells can secrete inflammation molecules that are going to contribute to not only the general inflammation in our body, but also the inflammation in our skin as well. So that's why we understand that obesity can contribute to the severity of psoriasis. Now, whether diet and how weight reduction can affect psoriasis is a different question. And there have been few studies, uh, mostly by the Italians who have looked at this particular question. So what they saw is that for patients who are overweight or obese, and those are patients with body mass index of 25 or greater, a hypocaloric diet actually did lead to significant improvement in their psoriasis disease severity. Now, this is very exciting because this is one of the few well-randomized controlled trials where we look at that aggressive hypochloric diet can have an effect on your psoriasis disease severity. Now, what is a hypocaloric diet? How much calories are we talking about? So in 
the studies that were done is typically between 800 to 1,200 calories a day. So as you can see, this is highly restrictive diet, and it really takes a lot of willpower to be able to stick to. This hypocaloric diet, and because the the just the calories that one take during the day is is quite low, and then what they saw is that when these patients have done about sixteen weeks of this or four months of this hypocaloric diet, and it took a lot of encouragement as well that not only did they lose a significant amount of weight, but also their disease severity in terms of their psoriasis disease severity also improved. So our recommendation, therefore, is that in patients who are overweight or obese, who are adults with psoriasis, that we strongly recommend、uh, dietary weight reduction with a hypocaloric diet, but also as as an adjunctive therapy. So it can't be used alone, typically to to reduce the disease severity because it won't be as effective. But Think about all these dietary recommendations as being an adjunctive intervention, something that we add on to the standard medical therapies to reduce psoriasis severity. Does weight loss impact the effectiveness of biologic therapy or other treatments used for psoriatic disease? What we know is that for certain biologic treatments, patients who are more obese tend to have less benefit from those therapies, and this is true with our TNF inhibitors and our essentially earlier biologic therapies. Now, the biologic therapies such as IL-17s and IL-23s that were developed later on, the effect of weight on the responsiveness to the biologic therapies is a little bit less. However, overall. Weight loss would typically thought to perhaps even improve the response of biologic therapy, and that's theoretical based on the evidence that we know in patients that are more obese that biologic therapies may not work as well, and that's just、uh, mainly due to the distribution of medicine through the body. So we constantly see different diets or removal of various types of foods, such as nightshades or dairy, being recommended for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. Is there any validity to such food restrictions and impacting severity of disease? So there are a lot of recommendations that are out there with various types of foods, and ultimately, I would. Ask our listeners to to ask what what is the evidence behind these recommendations. What I typically see is that some of these foods and removal of these foods may have been helpful to one or two people, and it may not have helped with other people. So what I I typically see in my clinic is what I call the silent majority. The majority of people who have tried these food restrictions and have not experienced an improvement in their psoriasis. And they come in looking for medical interventions. I think that if one wants to try these food eliminations, I think we should consider two things. Number one, by eliminating certain types of food from your diet. Number one is that are you going to suffer from nutritional deficiencies from removing certain food groups from your diet? And number two, just quality of life. What is something that you really enjoy? Removing it may or may not improve your psoriasis, and that's oftentimes a real possibility that it does not lead to. Improvement in those psoriasis. So, so I think those are two things to consider. Now, if you've considered them, and if you think you're getting nutrients from other food sources, and that you're willing to give it a try, it is really important to give it a、uh, when you give it a try、uh, to have realistic expectations. Typically, dietary interventions are. 
somewhat helpful, but they cannot control people with moderate to severe psoriasis who have large body surface areas. So it's really important to consider that carefully and, and consider food interventions to be something that you do as something that's adjunctive to the medical therapies. So can diet alone be considered an effective treatment for psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis? For most people, diet alone is insufficient to treat their psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. I think that dietary interventions or good dietary habits are important for cardiovascular health. However, most patients will find that diet alone is not sufficient to treat their psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis. And I should also emphasize that psoriatic arthritis is something that's progressive. And once your joints are damaged, it's, some, it's also something that's irreversible. So you really have to think about the time that is lost trying certain ineffective interventions and what effect that has on your body. For example, we know that a delay in the diagnosis of psoriatic arthritis by six months can predispose you to potentially developing small irreversible joint damages. Therefore, it is very important that when we think about healthy eating, we also want to think about evidence-based medicine, things that have been tried and true and have been tested in a rigorous clinical trial fashion that to be effective for psoriatic arthritis. Because of the progressive, irreversible, and destructive nature of psoriatic arthritis on our joints, I would really caution those who are thinking about controlling their psoriatic arthritis with diet alone, because that's typically not, not successful. So people who contact the foundation often ask if dietary supplements such as vitamin D improve psoriatic disease severity. Is this possible? And what supplements did this study review? So the study reviewed a number of different supplements, and vitamin D is certainly one of them. When we did the study, we were optimistic that vitamin D, especially oral vitamin D supplementation, would be helpful. And the reason was because we saw that topical vitamin D can be helpful in reducing the severity of psoriasis. What we found is that in a number of studies, and some of them are randomized and others are not, but in the perspective, essentially perspective studies where the purpose of the study is to look at the dietary intervention, specifically vitamin D supplementation on psoriasis severity, really the evidence is quite mixed. And the amount of vitamin D orally they, intake, they took was also pretty high. But when we look at the literature in totality, at the doses that are currently studied in our clinical studies, they did not find overall a benefit actually of oral vitamin D supplementation, which I would say is surprising to me as well, especially considering the efficacy of the topical vitamin D agents on the skin. Therefore, we recommended as a foundation that we do not recommend oral vitamin D supplementation for the prevention or treatment of psoriasis in adults with normal vitamin D levels. Now, if you have abnormal vitamin D levels, if you have below the normal vitamin D levels, certainly supplementing that, that level, making it normalize it is important. But the evidence of regular oral vitamin D supplementation and whether that can improve your psoriasis, the evidence is just quite not there yet. The other supplements that we also studied 
include selenium and psoriasis, the effect of selenium, because there were a few studies that looked at that. Essentially, what we found is that selenium supplementation was not effective in reducing the severity of psoriasis. We also found that the vitamin B12 supplementation is not effective in psoriasis reduction, and therefore we do not recommend taking vitamin B12 as a means of reducing psoriasis severity at this time. There are so many diets now that seem to be popular, such as ketogenic diet and the paleo diet. So based on the recommendations, what diet is the most useful for people with psoriasis? So not every diet has been studied, unfortunately, in patients with psoriasis, but certain diets have been studied. And I shall start out by saying that it is really difficult to actually do a diet study and do it well, and to be able to claim that a diet had a certain effect on a, on a particular disease. What we found are some what we call low quality evidence, basically studies that were not uh, randomized control trials and mostly People knew what they were eating, and there were single-arm studies where people were followed over time. So I'm saying that the quality of the evidence here is low. And so based on the, these low-quality evidence, there is some suggestion that perhaps adults with psoriasis who have tried Mediterranean diets that contain extra virgin olive oil as the main culinary lipid, and with at least two servings of vegetable daily, and at least three servings of fruits daily and legumes at least three times weekly and fish and seafood at least three times weekly in those kind of Mediterranean diet environment that their psoriasis appears to improve. There's a recommendation, but it's a weak recommendation said that you could consider trying Mediterranean diet to see how it may potentially positively affect your psoriasis. Now, in terms of diets that have more omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acids, those are usually good. And so thinking about diets with more omega-3 polyunsaturated fatty acids would be helpful. So Dr. Armstrong, you've talked mostly about dietary recommendations specific to psoriasis. Are there any dietary recommendations issued for patients with only psoriatic arthritis? The data for patients with psoriatic arthritis and the effect of dietary interventions is actually very scarce. And based on the few studies that we have, we also recommend that in patients with psoriatic arthritis who are overweight or obese, and that is with BMI of greater than 25, consider dietary reduction with a hypocaloric diet. This has been shown to be helpful in terms of reducing the signs and symptoms of psoriatic arthritis. Now, the important part to remember is that this must be done as an adjunctive intervention to standard medical therapies for psoriatic arthritis. Contrary to psoriasis, in patients with psoriatic arthritis, there is more positive data with regards to oral vitamin D supplementation. So when you're thinking about potentially taking a supplement for psoriatic arthritis that may be helpful, our recommendations do state that consider oral vitamin D supplementation as an adjunctive intervention to the standard medical therapies for psoriatic arthritis. So given the recommendations that were published in 2018, do you have any updates regarding additional research around the impact of nutrition? 
There was a recent study that was done looking at mouse models, and what they found is that mice that were fed a Western diet, their psoriasis severity tend to be more. There is emerging evidence currently only in animal models showing that the Western diets in a controlled setting potentially can make psoriasis worse. So this may tie into our previous discussion on the possibility of things such as a Mediterranean diet. But potentially being helpful for reducing psoriasis severity. Again, the evidence level is pretty low, and it may not work in everyone. So I would say take this recommendation with a little bit grain of salt, just because the evidence level is pretty low, and make sure that you do visit a dermatologist and have your standard treatment that are evidence based already and that are FDA approved to help with managing psoriasis. And what final comments would you like to share with our listeners around dietary recommendations? For many of my patients with psoriasis, with or without psoriatic arthritis, I think that diet is a really important topic for them, as it should be. But also what I see in my clinical practice is a lot of patients have tried diets and they have not worked. So the final comments are, if you are doing a dietary intervention to help psoriasis or your psoriatic arthritis get better and you feel like if it's working, by all means, you can continue as long as you are also taken care of nutritionally from all aspects. One thing that I wanted to emphasize is what I see as a clinician is really a silent majority of patients who have tried dietary interventions and who have not worked. Those are not the ones that are publicizing their negative results on Instagram or social media channels. It is really important that for our patients, children and adults with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis to see healthcare professionals because there are medical interventions that have been tested in rigorous clinical research studies that have been shown to be effective, not only for psoriasis, but also for a number of concurrent diseases that patients with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis may be predisposed to. So if there's one key take-home comment is that if you find a dietary intervention that's helpful, by all means, go ahead and try it. But please consider this in conjunction with your standard medical therapies for psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. Well, thank you, Dr. Armstrong, for providing a great and really useful update on dietary recommendations for people with psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis. If you would like to learn more about nutrition and psoriatic disease, request a copy of the new Healthy Eating Guide for Psoriatic Disease, which will be released on March 16th. This new guide includes recommendations from MPF's medical board on nutrition and provides healthy recipes to try at home. Contact the Patient Navigation Center on March 16th by emailing education at psoriasis.org to request your copy. Continue listening to Soundbites for more information about managing and thriving with psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis. Join us March 17th to hear the latest research around oral health and psoriasis. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sound Bites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series, you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future. Please join us in a couple weeks for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of Sound Bites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage. To learn more about this topic or others, please visit psoriasis.org 
or contact us with your questions or comments by email at podcast at psoriasis.org.